From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. I would also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Guarantee Commercial Title. Guarantee offers a new platform for the delivery of services based on the expertise and ingenuity of a visionary team of title professionals that identifies obstacles and creates solutions that result in a successful sale, construction, or financing of commercial real estate. To learn more, visit GuaranteeTitle.net. In the 1990s and early 2000s, Jenna Cogswell's prowess on the soccer field took her all the way to a collegiate national championship, a roster spot on the U.S. women's national team, and a stint with the Boston-based professional team. These days, the Matamidi native is taking her competitive juices to the business world. In her new role as Senior Vice President and Director of Marketing for Bell Bank, Cogswell oversees marketing for all of Bell's divisions, including her home turf at the Minneapolis office. Cogswell has 17 years of experience in her field. She kicked off her business career as a financial analyst with Goldman Sachs, and then moved on to marketing positions with J.P. Morgan and private equity firm Providence Equity Partners. In the following interview, Cogswell speaks with reporter Brian Johnson about her new job with Bell, her soccer days, and the outlook for commercial lending as the world emerges from the pandemic. All right. Well, I'm happy to be joined by Jenna Cogswell, who just recently joined Bell Bank as Senior Vice President and Director of Marketing um, with oversight of all marketing functions for Bell Bank and its divisions. Um, So thanks for checking in, Jenna. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Good. It sounds like you're back in the office and uh, back at it uh, full speed ahead. Um, So when did you start your your new position actually with with Bell Bank? Uh, It was about two and a half weeks ago. I'm looking at the, this is week three for me. So the 14th of June was, was day one. Okay. Well, how's it going so far? I, um, just uh, di- diving right in. <laughs> yes, yeah. As you can imagine, I think anytime you join a new uh, organization, it's it's kind of like water hose, you know, for the first few weeks. But um, it's been it's been great, and I'm very excited to be here. Okay. Well, just uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about Bell Bank. Um, just reading from the bio here. Um, Bell Bank was founded in 1966 in Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, Bell Bell Bank is one of the nation's largest and fastest growing independent family and employee-owned banks with full-time banking locations in Minnesota, North Dakota, and Arizona, and more than 10 million, 10 billion, excuse me, dollars in assets. Um, Can you talk a little bit more, um, maybe expand on that a little bit and some of the sectors you serve and uh, services you offer here in town? Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, Bell is one of the largest um, privately owned, it's family owned employee owned banks in the country. And they uh, started in Fargo 
Um, they are kind of extending into other markets. Um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, obviously being one of them. Um, Phoenix um, is another big market. And then they have a large mortgage business that has a national footprint. So, you know, the, the kind of capabilities, the businesses and the client segments that we cover look a lot like other um, banks, right? So we have a retail presence and capabilities, um, wealth management, private banking, um, insurance, commercial banking, mortgage. So the, the mix sounds and kind of looks similar to um, other banks that people are familiar with. Okay. Um, so what, uh... Can you maybe talk a little bit about some of your um, specific duties in your new role and um, any specific initiatives you're focusing on right now? Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, you know, the bank has been on this pretty exciting, you know, path as an organization and the kind of growth trajectory is, is pretty exciting. So I feel like I've joined an organization um, at this point in time where we're kind of poised for that next chapter of growth. Um, and so really my job, I think the highest level is, you know, we, we think about kind of our established markets in the central region that we refer, refer to as the central region. So I think Fargo where it was founded and the success that the bank and the organization more broadly had there um, how do we bring that and extend that into some of our newer markets? And I think what I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around and, and sort out from a marketing perspective is really understanding kind of in these newer markets, the intersection of kind of Bell, our capabilities, um, the client segments and the customers who we work with, and also that, that market and the culture that's specific to that market. I think, um, you know, Bell as an organization has a wonderful story to tell. Um, and, you know, the, the people and the customers who work with, with Bell as an organization, um, I think it's overwhelmingly positive. And so it's just getting more people to know us at, you know, at a high level. Okay. And you've been in uh, a strategic marketing professional um, with 17 years of experience. Can you talk about some of the other, hit some of the high points of um, some of that experience and kind of how your career path led here to, to Bell? Yeah, sure. So um, I, yeah, as you mentioned, 17 years and primarily at larger kind of publicly traded corporations, large companies. So I started my career at Goldman Sachs in New York City um, as a financial analyst in their um, private wealth management division. And so I spent seven years there um, doing a mix of marketing and kind of business management. And I think the thing looking back that was so valuable kind of during that point in time was just learning about um, clients and investing. You know, it's, it's private clients. So they're thinking about an investment portfolio, among other things. So, you know, that was a, a deep dive of learning about investing and then also being kind of stepping into a large uh, global company. Um, it's a great place to learn about process. It's very institutionalized, um, structured, deliberate. Sometimes it feels a little cumbersome, but I think when you step back, there's, there's reasons for that. Um, so that's where I started. And, and from Goldman, I moved over to JP Morgan into their institutional um, asset management business. 
um, and focus on marketing strategy there. I spent seven years kind of on the, the private client side. I wanted to round out my experience and learn a little bit more about the institutional kind of client segment and the, the way that they think about allocations, the things that they're solving for, um, and, 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 you know, spend time there. And then after JP Morgan, I moved over to a private equity firm called Providence Equity Partners, a sector-focused global private equity firm. And, you know, that was really drilling down on, you know, a smaller universe in terms of client segment, but learning also a lot about some of these, these private investment opportunities and fundraisers and the nature of that. Um, and again, I think I just consistently kind of look for ways to round out you know, areas where maybe I hadn't spent as much time. And then, um, you know, after Providence, I, I spent four years at Principal Financial Group um, in their asset management business. So PGI, Principal Global Investors um, profile, like many other global asset managers. Um, but there I led the um, product marketing and global insights um, function within marketing for four years. And I think, you know, that was kind of oversight of, how we're positioning products across client segments, across markets, as well as how do we build brand awareness through um, delivering insights. So market insights, investment insights, and, you know, economic and macro insights and stuff of that nature. So, um, you know, and from there I, I ended up at Bell and, you know, we moved from New York City back to Minneapolis about four years ago and Bell was an organization that I got to know kind of on and off. And what I quickly realized they have a wonderful reputation. Um, and on top of it, they're just, it's been a, a, a really exciting kind of path that the, the organization's been on in terms of growth. And so I kept my eye on it and kind of hoped that at some point I might find my way to Bell. You know, I just kind of stumbled upon this gem of an organization when we moved back to Minneapolis. And, and it was exciting to think, you know, hey, I think I could take some of the things I learned at these larger global um, organizations and maybe apply it to someplace a little bit smaller that's earlier on in their their kind of growth trajectory okay and um talking about bell uh we have a lot of our readers and listeners are a lot of folks in um construction development commercial real estate do you do much uh do you serve those sectors um yep, yep. so we have a big commercial banking um business and we certainly specialize in commercial real estate so we have a spectrum of capabilities within our commercial banking, you know, customer segment. And that is, um, you know, when you think about these new markets that we're trying to build awareness in and drive growth, um, commercial banking is a business that is leading that charge for us. So I will be spending a lot of time with the folks and the leaders um, that are tasked with doing that exact thing. Okay. And how would you say the landscape of commercial real estate lending has changed um, since the, I guess, start of the pandemic and during the pandemic? Um, do you see, I imagine lenders are pretty conservative then. Um, do you see things starting to loosen up a bit or uh, wh where are we headed in uh, commercial real estate lending? Um, you know, that's probably, a, it's, I've been spending, and obviously this is week three here for me, so, but I have spent time with our credit team, right, and understanding the way that we evaluate opportunities, especially when it comes to lending credit on the commercial side, and, um, you know, we also have customers and clients we work with 
you know, on their end from a development perspective. And it's been a tricky landscape, right, over the last year. And I think it's also probably specific to different markets too, right? So what people are thinking about and navigating in Twin Cities versus a Phoenix versus a Fargo, the landscape's a little bit different. Um, but I think broadly, everybody is kind of hoping and poised for having more visibility, right? Um, because when you talk to our credit team, um, you know, I can imagine, again, I've only just came here, but when you talk to the people that are evaluating the opportunities, um, last year was probably tricky to get a ton of visibility, but the, you know, the, the volume and the activities there, I think from a bank perspective, um, it's relying on kind of the, the process and, and the way that we evaluate opportunities and that's, you know, continuing to make sure that framework works, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're certainly seeing, uh, of course, it depends on um, different segments of the commercial real estate market. Some are obviously doing better than others. And um, so there's, uh, but it seems like things are, are certainly coming back, certainly on uh, some of the things that are tied in with e-commerce and things of that nature, the distribution centers and so on. So, yep. um, and, and we're starting to see people um, build things again. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. Mm. Well, and there's probably from a development and commercial standpoint, there's trends that um, were present kind of pre-pandemic and some things have maybe been accelerated, right? Mm -hmm. Because of it. So it'll be interesting to see as we um, kind of move to the other side of things, um, how that plays out, you know, across the different markets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, residential construction, I should mention, um, going like gangbusters, apartments and condos. Um, yeah. You see your Bell Bank being active in that particular uh, segment? Well, I think, um, you know, Bell Bank is a big mortgage business, right? So you look at the volume of mortgages um, done, not even here, but just kind of broadly, and you're seeing the headlines too on residential kind of real estate and building, and you're seeing a lot of headlines around um, supply chain issues and the cost to do these things. So it's, a, it's such an interesting time um, <laughs> in terms of residential. Um, and, and again, too, the, the, how that, that's also highly local too, but one thing I think we're, whether you're in Minneapolis or Phoenix, um, the, the activity is kind of at all time high, right? And the pricing power, you know, the, the supply demand dynamic too, people are paying a lot <laughs> mm. to buy and build homes. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your, you, you've, you've been a star soccer player for a number of years. Got to, got to put in a mention of that. You were, uh, I understand grew up here in the Twin Cities and, uh, was it, attended Matamita High School. Is that right? I was, yep. Matamita Zephyrs. Played and played soccer there. Went on to star with the uh, University of North Carolina, captain of the team. I believe you won a national championship there, if I'm not mistaken. And then went on to the U.S. national team. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. So, what was that journey like? Yeah, it feels it's starting to feel like a lifetime ago. <laughs> but you know, that journey I think had so much. Um, influence on kind of where I am today. So, you know, I started out just to look like a, a young kid who loved to play soccer. And I think the thing that I, 
I kind of realized at a young age when I, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't realize, but I figured, you know, if I can do something really well, right, and differentiate myself and work hard, I'll, there's going to be opportunities, right? Whether it's making another team, um, going to college, earning a scholarship, um, play, you know, progressing, right, and succeeding. Um, and that journey, it, there are so many things and skills kind of you develop that transcend, you know, a soccer field or whatever you're playing on, you know, basketball court, football field, a soccer field. So I'm incredibly grateful to kind of the opportunities that I had um, kind of in youth and college and after college playing soccer. Um, and it, you know, the, the, one of the hardest decisions I had to make was um, I was playing professionally in Boston after college and, you know, on and off with the U.S. Women's National Team and mm -hmm. um, the league folded that I was playing in. So I had to decide, do I continue playing soccer or, I, or do I do something else? And I think that what I struggled with was if I walk away from soccer, because I'm living the dream right now, I'm basically getting paid to do what I love. Um, and I'm challenged and I feel like I'm, you know, growing, even though it's kind of a narrow and deep, you know, thing that I'm doing. Um, if I do leave, I have to find something that's equally kind of as challenging, as exciting where I'm going to be pushed. And so that, you know, when I got an opportunity to move to New York and a, and a spot opened up in an analyst program, you know, I stopped and I said, this, this could be the thing. Um, and as sad as I was to kind of hang up my, my soccer cleats and I kept playing for a long time in New York. Um, I am glad that I made that decision because I think it's just rounded me, you know, rounded me out kind of as a person and it started as the next chapter of my life and, and a second education, right? Um, and I, I think the, the approach that I applied to, to soccer, I apply it in, in life. It's kind of the, the stuff that transcends, you know, into all areas of your life. And I think I've, I'm taking the same approach and, and now I'm sitting here at a, in an organization that I'm so you know, proud to be a part of and feel lucky that I'm, I'm here getting to do what I get to do. So that's the soccer angle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, did you have uh, opportunities to play professionally in Europe at any point or did you consider that? Um... Yeah. Yep. So I played when I was playing in Boston um, and that was the first iteration of the women's um, professional league. It was the WUSA. I played for the breakers and the, my, my coach, the final season there was Pia Sundaga. And so she ended up being the head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team. She's, you know, a legend in Sweden. Um, and that's what a lot of my teammates did. There were opportunities to go and play in Europe. There were opportunities to play in Japan. Um, but the leagues were not what they, you know, what they were then were not what they are today, right? And it's been so fun to see the evolution um, of these leagues, not only in the U.S., but in Europe. And in other places as well, the opportunity for women to to play and and continue to grow kind of in a in a professional career like that is it's awesome. And it was fun to be there early on, seeing you know the women um, fighting, you know, for for things along the way to get from there to here. It's mm -hmm. awesome. It's great. So we're talking twenty years ago, kind of in that time frame. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So a little under 20 years ago, which, you know, now I have, I have young kids and they're playing soccer and, okay. you know, that's, that's my, my soccer game today is, is kicking around uh, the backyard with my three kids. Do you still, uh, are you still involved? Do you coach or anything? You know, I've coached and I've kind of volunteered to coach, you know, along the way here and there. Um, I did that in New York for a little while. Um, I jump in with my kids, 
you know, teams now, but it's funny. I, I don't know if I have the patience to be a, a, a coach. Um, I enjoy being a, you know, a soccer parent and watching and, and kind of coaching from that perspective. Um, it's yeah, I, I, I love it. I love watching these kids get out there and, and play. Yeah, that's a blast. I'm, I'm a, well, I have three daughters, but my, my youngest, my son is just going into sixth grade and he's just getting into little league baseball now. And that's just a blast watching him play. And I think I get more nervous than he does when he goes up to bat, but you know, it's it's fun. So, um, but, uh, well, well, it's been great chatting with you. Um, Jenna, any, anything else you'd like to say before I let you go? Um, just about your kind of your, your new job or, um, your outlook for yeah no again i'm just i'm excited to be you know back i I, you know in the twin cities um you know bell's a place that has always kind of prioritized their people and and its culture and it's led to pretty phenomenal results so i i just feel lucky to to be here and i'm excited to see what what um comes next well, good luck with that, and hopefully we can stay in touch. That sounds wonderful. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Okay, take care. Bye. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce, or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.